everybody, welcome to Linux Cast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. I'm Bart Zero. Uh, Steve. Yeah, that, he's that guy. Uh, Tyler is off this week, so we're we're gonna run with just three of us. Uh, this he's got is, a boo boo on his arm move. Yeah, I'm not sure what he actually did. He never explained his. Uh, I'm sure it was from kind of some kind of escapade. Um, it, and, it's from his. It's from his last secret mission. That's what it is. All right, so this is a Linux cast. We talk about Linuxy things. That's what we do. Uh, sometimes we do just like a regular topic, but this week we're gonna go back to normal. We're going to talk about some news, and we have news. So before we jump into that, we always talk about the things that we have been doing in the Linux land. So Josh, why don't you tell us what you've been doing uh, in open source this week? Uh, so we pushed some contributions and bug reports to KDE. Their bug tracker is toxic like usual. I'm sure Steve, uh, who very recently reported a bug at, earlier this week, Completely understands every single pain with the with the uh, Bugzilla bug tracker that KDE uses. Fantastic piece of software, works perfectly fine every time as soon as you as soon as you learn how to use it. Uh, I I got Solus devs pissed off at me yet again, and this time I'm not banned. <laughs> what a miracle! Uh, and then uh, other than that, we've been ripping Blu-rays again because uh, we act, because you know in our last hardware failure, I didn't realize that it impacted my my video library. You you haven't you had to re reburn all of your. Uh, I'm re ripping. Uh, we're on disc seventeen of thirty. Sounds like a fantastic time. I'm telling you. <laughs> so we just download. Thankfully, things from... thankfully, there's a Docker container that automates it. Of course, there is. There's a <laughs> Docker container for everything. Um. All right, Steve. What have you been up to this week? <clears throat> Where shall I begin? The beginning or from the middle or the end? All right. Uh, well, the thing that, that the thing that involved Linux. There was some pretty big news coming from your front earlier this week. Yes, there's a, there's a small fire uh, that lit up in uh, Zero Land, uh, but an understandable one. That's why I want to. I want your your guys' opinion. I'm gonna keep it short uh, since we're pressed for, for time. Uh, but there's a fire in the who shall we trust land? Shall, should we trust Zero Linux or shouldn't we? Uh, and I had a four-hour audio debate yesterday with one on my server uh, all about this issue, the security issue, uh, regarding the security issue in Zero Linux. What do you guys think? Should we include, should users who download a distro blindly trust it or they should uh, I don't know, study it before <laughs> before they use it or whatever, because uh, we've been we have we have someone who's in uh, in in the security who's very security conscious uh, that's worried about the TKG servers uh, that we include for Nvidia. Uh, it's a whole debate, but suffice it to say that wait, uh, those developers act. They don't in, uh, instill trust. I still uh, opted to use their their shit. Uh, you... So, what Nvidia packages are you using? TKG ones, the pa TKG patch one. Uh, TKG. Yeah, uh, if you type TKG yeah. uh, Nvidia dash okay. all TKG, you will find it. But uh, there, there's there's uh, a, a thing going on that they don't describe their commits. They don't tell us what they're doing. Uh, they they expect us to read commits, those ten billion commits, to understand what they're doing every every day. 
should we trust them? Should we not? The only thing. Uh, but other than that, in the Linux land, uh, I've been heavily uh, uh, studying Cosmic Desktop, and I discovered by studying it, I discovered that it's coming to Arch. So, um, with that being said, Cosmic Zero. That's what I've been oh, doing. I, okay, I see that they're not tagging releases. They're not they're tagging. They're, they're not like doing it correctly, but it's a whole mess. That's all I can say. Okay, I, so my thought on the the whole trusting of the random distro things, like if you if like if, if you're only going to download distributions that you quote unquote trust because of regions the only distro you'd probably ever install would be like fedora or something like because they're completely you know anti-proprietary stuff right um or, or maybe like geeks or one of the other libre linux kernel using distributions i guess but then how can you trust those developers i mean trust on the internet is really i mean how can you exactly. trust anybody um but i mean if you're so privacy and security conscious that you won't trust a random one. Are you really going to trust a corporate back distribution as well? I mean, maybe you should uh -huh. just Matt. Maybe I love you, you for bringing. Maybe you should just up. move to the woods and um, not have any electricity and just sit there and read books. Thank but then, you. how can you Thank possibly you. trust the books? Um, you know, because books have information Thank that you, could be biased. Thank you know, you. so you can't read books. You, you can't do anything. You're just going to sit there in your woods with some fire. Um, Thank you. For, because okay, so my, I, I found the repository and I pulled it in. Uh, I don't see any tag releases, so I pull. So I pulled down a. Have a lot of tags. Really... They do have. They do have a lot of tags, but they name them by kernel name or kernel version or whatever. But thank you, yeah. Matt, because uh, even can you trust Nvidia itself? Because Nvidia now is including uh, a lot of t uh, telemetry crap in their drivers for Windows and who knows maybe for Linux as well. Uh, what the TKG team are doing are is removing this telemetry and optimizing the drivers and fixing issues that NVIDIA themselves won't, like uh, Vaxri does with Wayland. I trust it, and Glorious Eggroll is using it in in no, uh, is using some of their patches in their uh, in his uh, in his distro, uh, and that doesn't mean. Uh, he is higher than me. He knows low-level stuff. Well, so, uh, if it's just that one package set that that person was worried about, it's really easy to switch to a different driver. I mean, yeah. you could go to an open-source driver, use Nuvo or whatever the hell it's called. You could do that. I mean, or use the, the the vanilla drivers from the Arch repository. And he and and they uh, asked me to, uh, for example, to add an option in my tool to okay, vanilla or TKG. Add more confusion so to users. I have an easier solution for you, Steve. Just force force them to read and accept a package build. It's Arch Linux. They can yeah. figure it out. Oh, that would... <laughs> I told them. I told them read the, the commits and everything. He's like, I'm not gonna waste time. Reading well, then he the shouldn't reading. be using Arch Linux. Yeah, I can't. I I I, I can't. Oh, it's it's a whole debate, it, but it's like this debate that I got in, got with. Got in with a guy over in a Discord chat of all places, where he's just like, uh, "I don't want to, I don't want to use it because privacy concerns." Like, well, then get the fuck off of Discord. Yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I use Discord through a VPN connected to a virtual machine connected via via Bra Brave browser Tor connection. Doesn't matter because you're I'm still, still signed logging in. into my HTTPS Discord that that encrypts and verifies against my local machine. Well, t speaking of browsers, <laughs> uh, this is a very small tangent. I'm back on Vivaldi because Vivaldi is on iOS. I'm so happy. And I'm still on Firefox. I want Vivaldi to be good, but it's not. It, okay, so... iOS is super good. It has this bug. So the, one of the, my, my, my favorite feature of the new Vivaldi is the workspaces feature. It's fantastic, right? allows me to have all my tabs open. It's like a, allows you to have tab groups inside of basically a, a much larger tab group. It's, it's great. But for some reason, when I sign into Vivaldi using the Vivaldi account, it automatically f starts not remembering the workspaces. Like it just cramps everything into one, and it's a mm. horrendous bug. Um, I close tabs. Lame. Talk to them. Don't worry. I know the people over there. Well, I filed a bug report, but I don't think it'll ever get fixed because I've seen several people have the same problem. So I don't know. Talk I, to I, them. I'm, I'm, I'm your liaison. I'm your I, liaison. I'm using Vivoli right now in my VM, but I haven't signed in so that I can't, so the bug doesn't affect me. Um, but if you don't sign in, of course, right. you can't sync anything, of course, but it doesn't really matter. All right. Anyways, uh, for me personally, I have been so. I decided that I was missing a challenge, so I decided to challenge myself to abandon Vim, or in my case, NeoVim, and start using Nano. And I, I was at least smart enough to say a month and not six months. I'm so glad that I didn't say six months. That would have been a nightmare. So I've been using it now for, I think, five days. I think that today's like day five, something like that. Mm -hmm. And wow, is Nano shit. <laughs> It is so bad. Um, the default key bindings are garbage, like hot garbage. Um, so I've changed all those. I've spent days making it so that it actually works out well. But the thing is, so and clicking on links I just found out today is apparently impossible for me. I don't, I don't know why. It just will not let me click on links. And I know Control Click is supposed to do it, but it just says something about tags not being available or whatever. So that didn't work. Uh, um, but the thing I'm missing most is visual mode. Like, I, I didn't even realize that I used visual mode in Vim so often, but apparently I did. And now every time I want to select multiple lines inside of Nano, like, apparently you can't do that without your mouse. You know? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> do I live in a cave? Why am I using a mouse? It's it's so it's so it's ridiculous. Because you're a human, you use a mouse. No, I, I'm a Vim user. I don't use a mouse. In fact, I've completely disabled my mouse inside of the Vim, my Vim config. So, um, also also, I haven't used the arrow keys this much in probably six years. Um, <laughs> like like I got to do uh, one of my keyboards doesn't even have arrow keys. And, and so, so every time I have to use a, you go down a level, now I have to switch to a, a function key in order to do it. It's just dumb. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm having growing pains when it comes to Nano. You mentioned it has a configuration file. It does have a configuration file. Um, it has a default. Does it do? Oh, it has tons of options, dude. You, there's a ton of options you can do. You can remap all of the key bindings that you want to, which I've done. You can remove that stupid fucking title bar at the top, which is just, I mean, why do you need but a title? But how do you remember what file you're working in? 
It doesn't. No, no, no. The default <laughs> title bar in Nano does not tell you what 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 file oh, you're you can, you can, all it says you is nano tell you that. no listen to me all by default that title bar at the top all it does was is tell you that it's nano with the version number that's all it does the the file name is at the bottom um oh yeah i thought it was at the top no it's at, it's at the bottom so you can get rid of the title bar which is a waste of space also you can add you know line numbers by default set how it's supposed to wrap instead of having the one line that just goes off into infinity but which is the de apparently the default whoever thinks that's a good default is fucking retarded um sorry shouldn't say that um <laughs> they're really dumb um anyways uh, i i just have some serious serious issues with nano um maybe it's just like like maybe a week from now i'll have been used to it but not but honestly i dread opening up a a, a, a terminal and writing right now like i i've seriously considered just going back to LibreOffice <laughs> to do all my writing <laughs> that's how bad it's, it's fine become. it's fine Be because at this point you're you're now getting used to the nano workflow which means that we're not too much too here in not too much longer, sometime this year, we will get you back in using Emacs. I said for financial incentive. Yeah, yeah financial incentive. Significant uh, financial incentive, not significant. Yeah, financial it, it's incentive. two stakes, not just one. No, that's not significant. <laughs> <laughs> that's not financial incentive. Oh, <laughs> that's not financial incentive. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, money, 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 or or, or, or go or go to DT. <laughs> no, I, I've had I've I've tried Emacs many times in the past. I'm just you've never you've never tried Emacs. You tried Doom Emacs. True, but that's because I wasn't getting. I, I'd immediately install Evil Mode on vanilla, so I might as well just use Doom. Um, I don't know. Still not going to do it. I, I was done with with Emacs the last time I made a video about it, and I even said I was done. I was like, it's just, but it's bloated. <laughs> says Vim. It just, <laughs> Vim does not have Tetris by default. <laughs> uh, if you use Gen two, you can call minus games and not have any of the games. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm not using Gen two either. I got those own problems. Anyways, so that's what I've been I've been struggling with this entire week. Also, uh, banged up my knee, which is the reason why we didn't have a podcast last week. So uh, it has not been a very good week at all. But that's okay. Um, thank you, watch for beeping at me. I appreciate that. Anyways, that's like the third time so far. I know. I, sh I should actually turn that off. All right, there we go. I wait. I wait. I, I honestly thought I was hearing, like, the Kim Possible beeps from, like, the old Disney show. <laughs> well, it's just... It's, I forget that it's sometimes on. Anyways, that's it for uh, this week in FOSS. We're going to go ahead and move on to the news. Uh, let's see here. Josh, why don't you do your first link? Oh, my first link? Uh, so, have you guys ever heard of Weston and used Weston before? Weston? No. Weston. Oh well, in the event you guys, in the event that you guys don't know anything about it, and you both gave me strange looks when, as soon as I mentioned it, uh, Weston is the is the reference window compos compositing software for Wayland. It is officially maintained by by the developers behind Wayland, and it is just reference. And they push out big updates this week with multi GPU support, a and as well as support for screen tearing. Uh, you'll see something for a Pipewire backend, but uh, that was already implemented in, it, in all the other window compositors. But uh, the big the big thing with multi GPU support is that right now, as as it works, uh, most display compositors only let you use one GPU at a time. The way this multi GPU support work will be more like how NVIDIA Optimus works on on uh, laptops right now, 
where you can specify that you only want to run specific applications inside with using your dedicated GPU. So that's actually showing how, how to get that enabled. And, oh. as, and uh, they're doing it as a proper protocol, uh, protocol via a portal in Wayland, which means that it'll be coming to known KDE and WL roots all at the same time as soon as, soon as they, they uh, actually, you know, get to actually enabling the portal. Okay, so they're going to make hybrid graphics much easier on Wayland than it is on Xboard? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then, because, because we all want to play our video games on our laptops, they're allowing us to enable screen tearing on Wayland per on a per-application basis, which... Uh, I understand that the you know screen tearing looks horrible, but in the context of playing a video game, you want to push your frame rates uh, because you know the higher the frame rate, the smoother the gameplay is, uh, supposedly. And uh, using using vertical sync or some form of adapt or of adaptive sync can actually lower the frame rate and cause jitter in your gameplay. And uh, what what this protocol does is it this disables the enforced vsync because on Wayland it's always been that every frame has to be drawn perfectly. And uh, you, that would cause games to stutter. You suffer lower frame rates than usual, and so on. Well, they're saying that they're 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 saying that the, now we can just enable this on a per application basis, so that you don't have to worry about that. So our video games are going to work even better over, under Wayland already. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Josh? I yeah. um, you're the Wayland guy here. Um, you're more much more of a Wayland fan than I am. I'm um, running Wayland right now. Fantastic. I, I'm so proud of you. Um, he said, he said dryly, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but global support for key bindings is still not a thing outside of Hyperland, right? It is still not a thing outside of Hyperland or KDE. Okay. So they worked on multi GPU support, which affects a very small amount of people probably right before they worked on global key binding support. You know why they're not working on global key bindings? No, I don't know why. I'm yeah, going to tell me. Because, because when you enable support for global key bindings, you're also enabling support for key loggers. Okay. Uh, I... Yep. Now, the way that KDE and Hyperland both do it is uh, when, when, you hold your, uh, when you hold your modifier key, because you have to do it through a modifier key, to be able to grab... Uh, basically, what it does is it ghosts the window into focus. That way, your global hotkey for the application works. And then, uh, so technically, you're you're bringing that window into focus. So, what you're saying, it's unlikely that we'll get a proper global key binding support out of Wayland. Is not a hack, which is what you're describing, yeah. uh, ever. Uh, at at the rate that current things are going, yes, until somebody influences like a proper method to get it that everybody can actually agree on. So Wayland will never be ready. <laughs> <laughs> in your I, eyes, I, I, mean. I wouldn't know. It's working perfectly fine for me, but then again, I'm also using a lot of applications that support web sockets. Yeah, well, it seems. I, so the whole portals thing. Um, Got to remember, I'm not a developer, so it seems like they could use. I don't know. It it it, fe it just feels weird to me that they focused on the multi GPU thing before they focused on nothing. But apparently, they're not going to focus on another thing ever because of some uh, security. security is, yeah, yeah, it's. It's understandable. I, well, I, I think I see it. It's understandable. I it's understandable if if you're trying to be like the the ultimate super perfectionist ever, 
right? If, if you're and trying, that's what they're trying to do because uh, the big thing, the biggest thing with the Wayland code base is that they do not want it to fall down the same rabbit hole that Xorg did. So, uh, at, and a lot of the, a lot of the code for the Wayland protocols is actually really, really cleanly written C. Yeah, you're never and, uh, that, ever ever going to create a program of any sort without some kind of bug or flaw. Okay, you're just never yeah. never going well, to. Well, I'm it. not saying no. that they're that they're. What what I'm saying is that they're not trying to make it bug free. They're trying to make it so that it's maintainable, right? And by making it maintainable, they uh, they also want to they want to make it both maintainable and secure at the same time. Okay. Well, I, mean, I can understand not wanting to open up a uh, a a security flaw, you know, on purpose. I can understand that, but also you're going to hamstring yourself not only with this area but other places, you know. Just you know, if you're not, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's gonna find a other than Vuxry for Hyperland. Vuxry is a unique uh, edge case, but uh, I'm sure somebody's gonna figure out a way around this. It's just a matter of time. But now, I understand the, how they're why they're doing it because today security is uh, the most important thing, especially. Uh, the thing that happened with me and the TKG drivers, we need to now be uh, more aware of things because KeePass just got hacked. Uh, I'm going to continue to use Xorg until they pry it out of my cold dead hands. I'm same just hand, same right. here. And same like, here, like we're just, in the same boat, brother. I'm just not... Every time I try Wayland, either something goes wrong or I just feel like, why? Like, like, there's this, always this question of why when it comes to it. Why do I, like, like I'm 100% sh- positive, and from everything I've read, everything Josh has told me, other people have told me, that there are a ton of development reasons why Wayland exists and why Wayland is better. But from a user-facing perspective... Oh, no, as users, it's absolutely horrible for us. I, I just haven't seen any reason why... I want to switch to it, right? There, there when you cut, like, uh, for for no, just for example, like, I had the same thing with Pipewire when Pipewire first came out. Like, why is this better than Pulse Audio? Like, Pulse Audio already breaks a lot, but at least when it came with like came to Pipewire, when they transitioned to it, it was mostly a seamless transition, right? Yes, things still break, uh, but you didn't have to worry about finding alternatives to literally everything. OBS, you know, started supporting Pipeware and everything, you know, Firefox and, you know, your your music players and all this stuff started supporting Pipeware. And it just was a, it, maybe it wasn't a seamless transition, but it wasn't a transition that put the honest of transitioning onto the user. You know what I mean? Like you, when, when you transition to Wayland, you basically have to do, I mean, unless you're using GNOME or KDE, Outside of that, it's very much a user-facing. It's your stuff that you have to figure out how to find. You know, make sure things, sure things work on. Uh, and if you don't, you can't find something that you know. For you, know, if you can't find alternatives oh. or whatever, it's your Matt, fault. Matt, have you ever used XFree eighty six before? No. Okay, the transition for X XFree eighty six to X eleven was worse than our transition to Wayland. Because there was there was no layer of backwards compatibility of X Wayland that, that just simply did not exist for X Free eighty six. So as a result, the transition to X eleven was actually rougher than it is today. the The biggest difference is that the we're just 
were on platforms that are much more sociable than emailing lists and IRC channels. But let me ask you this question. X Wayland, in order to, for an application to support X Wayland, the developer has to do something, right? It's not probably not no. a lot of... No, it just works? It just works. Okay, well, then it should be... It should theoretically then just be fine, but it, in my experience, it hasn't just, you know, been fine. Uh, anyways, I've talked to Tom Blue in the face. Xorg is going to be mine until I die. Um, Xorg is dead to me. It's just it's just fan, fanaticism over uh, something that's not ready yet. J they want it to be ready. Users are trying to, uh, their best, and I haven't seen a single person that switched uh, or tested uh, Hyperland or Wayland or anything Wayland related. I only seen them reinstalling and moving uh, distro hopping to something that uses Xorg because they either had a lot of issues or they didn't want to b even bother. Because the, the argument that you get uh, a lot of the time when it comes to Wayland is there are, if, if your application doesn't work, find alternatives. But I haven't seen a single person bothering to find alternatives. Well, I, Waiting I, for I, us I, to I, suggest I, them to them. Yeah, I think that the, the biggest thing is that the, the, the people behind Wayland are Uber, and they did this with Xorg too, obviously. This is because the, the focus has to be on GNOME, has to be on, on KDE, because that's what the vast majority of people are going to use. And, and the developers of other desktop environment window managers are going to be doing things on their own, which means they're automatically going to be doing things a little bit differently than GNOME or KDE. So everything is not quite the same, but also it just, it, it makes it feel not a cohesive strategy, right? It just, it feels really uh, disjointed Joined a lot it. of the time. And, you know, but the yeah. thing is, I, I think that if you are like a normal, the three of us are not normal users. Especially you, Josh. You're not a normal user. I mean, we, we make videos about it, so of course we're definitely not normal users. We're, we're, but at, it, at the same time, the biggest thing is that, I and I'm seeing this here in the chat, where people are going like, we're, I'm never going to switch to Wayland. I'm, I'm just going to stick on X11 for life. Are you going to maintain X11? No. Matt, are you going to maintain X11? I'm going to continue Steve, to are use... Steve, are you going to fork the I'm Xorg project and maintain that? going to continue to use X11 as long as there are X11 window managers to use. All um, right. I, I, just, I just wanted to ask because, you know, uh, they, they just barely had enough people for their, ele for their last election. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just going to get worse. I'm sure, I'm sure it here. is, we, but... We're, we agree here, all agree here that... We're going. Uh, Matt and I will. We're going to use what we uh, Matt meant to say is we're going to continue using X11 until X11 itself dies and nobody uh, uses it anymore, and uh, all these projects go dormant and dead and become unusable. I do. I don't think that it's too much to ask to want things to work. You know it's I mean? fine. It's it's fine, Matt, because uh, I'm working on a video series where we look through every single possible compositor on Wayland. Uh, that and, I can and, find and that right least. there is the and problem. I'm certain, and I'm certain that you will find one that you like. There's so many compositors, and they all do something that's a little bit differently, and it's 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 a mess. And it, it, the the thing thing when it comes to Xorg is that they all use. Xorg. Yes, you could find different compositors, and you found different window managers, and all those things were separated. With Wayland, they've tried to cram everything into being the same thing. You know, it's it's the compositors, the windowing ser service. It, it it handles all the screen tearing nonsense. It it interfaces much closer with all the drivers and the hardware and stuff than Xorg ever did. Right? It, it's it's. They've tried to. So what you're saying is that you want a dedicated display server and a separate with a separate composite with a separate window manager. And I have that. It's called XOR. Okay, it, it's called Mirror. 
Yeah, but nobody uses mirror. Nobody uses me. Okay. There's a there's a reason why the mirror is dead. How many games have you? How many Steam games have you launched using a a Proton? Is are you telling telling me Proton uses mirror? I'm telling you, Gamescope uses mirror. I don't know what Gamescope even is. (laughs) On Steam Deck, yeah, Gamescope is on. I just want things like I. I, I'm the the middle ground between uber technical and new user, and I just want things to work. If I were to use Kate, if I were to use Gnome, Wayland is ready, okay? Because most of the development to make Wayland really good, on is good in Gnome, right? KDE is slowly getting there. But yeah. KDE has been buggier and shit forever. Uh, adding some more stuff to it to make it even more buggy is not going to be something that anybody notices. Um, it just continues to be buggy. Um, <laughs> so, not a big deal there. It, but the problem is, is that I'm not a KDE or GNOME guy anymore. I either prefer yeah. XFCE, which I'll be very interested to see how XFCE does Wayland, because next version, Wayland's coming. But I'm also a window manager guy. And once you delve into the window manager space... Wayland becomes a fucking mess, right? It's it's just you know, uh, Sway is doing things their own way. Hyperland's got his own stuff, so you need a different portal between those two things if you need it, and you need to know what portals are in order to do those things, which is fine. I mean, you're not expecting a brand new user to use a window manager, so you should have some technological know-how to switch between packages and stuff like that. It's fine, uh, but it's just a matter of. I haven't found a single window manager out there where I could just install it and know that it's going to work out of the box. Like, so, for example, if your name's not Josh, you can install i3, have it work out of the box. It just works, right? You're not going to have, you know, sure, once you get into configuring it and stuff like that, you may end up having problems based on skill level problems. It's but, not that i3 doesn't work for for me. It Or that it fails to launch or anything like that. I just don't like the workflow for it. Right, and that... And I mean that's a, a good point. Not, not all window managers are for everybody. For, but also fine. Qtile, Xmonad, um, BSPWM. You install those things right out of the box. Bam, they work. I've not seen a single Wayland compositor that you can argue that that works that way. It's I just haven't found. Sway's the closest. Sway's the closest. Uh, but even then, once you get into the configuring it and finding alternatives to all the programs and stuff like that, she it's just. Uh, all right, anyways, guys, we t- <laughs> I said at the beginning, no tangents. It, it's, fi- it's fine. Can we talk about Mozilla selling out at least? Uh, well, we're going to go to Steve next. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> your first link. My first, uh, my first link. It's talking about Plasma 6 and why I'm angry with them. Not angry, just not really happy. Oh, you want to continue the debate. All right. <laughs> uh, it's not continuing the debate. It's... It's another part of the debate. KDE decided we want to switch to Wayland by default. And we have, as maintainers, to do the work, more work, to disable Wayland because we are Xorg fanatics, uh, as Matt and I said. Uh, but yeah, they, they're going to switch uh, default, uh, better for better defaults, Wayland by example. Uh, and they're going to switch uh, uh, to double-click by default, which should uh, have been that's from the, the worst, beginning. That's the worst change ever. Sing- oh, sing- that's my favorite change. Single-click for life, man. It's, it's the way... Th- that's what made KDE good. <laughs> double-click I mean, for life. It's an option you can enable in Nautilus. I know. It's, 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 I it's, know it's, they've it's, never hidden that feature from you. It's an option you oh, can but- enable in every single... File manager, I am actually, a double, except I am for a Crusader. Click. 
Crusader doesn't have click. the option. So. Yeah, I'm a double click guy. I'm, I, get I, off I my cannot podcast. get my muscle. <laughs> I cannot get my muscle memory to get used to a single click. Not. Yeah. Once you for move laptops, to, I understand. My laptop, you, for, I, I understand. But once for you move to it, you would never switch back. The, the thing is, when I first started using Linux, I found I started using the single click because I was a Plasma guy, and it was single click by default back then. And once you once you get you used started, to it, you started that way. I didn't start that yeah. way. I. I'm coming from Windows, and I come to this simple click, single uh, click. My, what is this? My first ever experience with single click was when I accidentally executed a bash script that blew up my home directory. <laughs> so I have. Okay. I, I think know. you understand hold, my hold, concerns. Hold on a second. Hold it. on. But let's just parse out that statement for just a minute. Somewhere along the line, Josh, I'm, I'm assuming he was like five years old or something, managed to get to get into a file manager somewhere and decided that it was a good idea to double-click on a bash script. Well, you see, my assumption is that the bash script was not executable. Because, you know, when you back in the day, when you downloaded files off the internet, uh, they didn't, you didn't get file permissions with it yet, so, so it would just pull down with default file permissions. Well, somehow... I completely missed that the HTT protocol enabled file, for, file permissions for Unix-based operating systems. So I didn't realize that this bash script, which, you know, normally I would just double-click on, which would open in a text editor, because that was my workflow at the time, rather than, you know, right-click op- and specify to open in a text editor like I do nowadays, because I learned. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I downloaded this bash script from the internet because, you know, I just wanted to parse through it real quick, you know, just give it a good check before, you know, I executed it. So I double left click, well, I, I single left clicked it, we it executed, and it wiped out my home directory before I even knew what happened. Oh, that sucks. We started a war in the chat, by the way. <laughs> we've, we've moved on from one ner- Linux nerd battle, Wayland versus Xorg, to double click versus single click all in one session. It's great. Well, uh, uh, it, not, it's not, fine. Another thing they enabled by, uh, they changed, not, they, that made default is, Humongous thumbnail tab. Yeah. Uh, now, when you click Alt Tab, you get the preview of the application. Da, 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 applications. Uh, I like that. That's what I use the CoverFlow Alt Tab on GNOME and on KDE. So I'm good. Um, <laughs> the thing that I saw that they're bringing floating panels by default just to. And, yes. It was it Nicolo that said that the reason why they were doing this was because they didn't want to look like Windows anymore. Was that yes? Okay. Well, um, their their solution prior by on default KDE Plasma was that it would just pop up on the left side of the screen and vertically sort through the tabs, which is something I never I I myself never really particularly enjoyed. Well, it was too, my th- my problem with the vertical tab switcher was that it was it occupied the same space as activities. So yep. if if you were an activities user. And you accidentally, you know, especially if you had a keybinding that was similar to Alt Tab, maybe you use Control Tab or something like that to switch between. I think I think they're gonna modify that as well, but he didn't mention it. Uh, I, I uh, hope they're not. The, I hope they're not the same UI. I hope that, that they. I hope that they uh, enable virtual virtual workspaces by default instead of activities in Plasma Six because <laughs> you know I don't like activities. I, I, I you guys know me. I'm big. I, I hoard tabs, but I also hoard workspaces. Um, and yeah. activities gives you more work. So it, it, so the, the best thing about activities, so you can set up four virtual workspaces and then yeah. use many different activities. You can, that means you can have as many uh, 
workspaces as you want uh, without having to set up like 20 of them and use yeah the but then you're trying to figure out why your computer doesn't want to shut down because you know you got like uh, things open in this random activity all the way over there and you who know, shuts you're trying their to computer, computer down it's called reboot because <laughs> i updated my kernel no, I just stand the same kernel. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> uh, there's, it's not mentioned in this article, but Nicolo mentioned it in one of his videos. They're up there uh, rehauling the overview. Uh, the overview will uh, will also have uh, vertical. Uh, they will allow you to have horizontal workspaces, vertical workspaces. Are you talking about you... the expose thing that they stole from Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Not not the Mac from. They call it. We stole it from GNOME. Who stole it from Mac? Okay, uh, whoever but, they stole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think but, GNOME actually had it before Mac. Probably did, because I think anyway, early GNOME three. Well, I don't know. Expose and Mac has been around for a very long time. So I, it'd be, I don't know. It it it, yeah, it doesn't but, matter because who has anybody ever actually used the Expose? A feature I used on? to like, use it. Oh, uh, not on Mac, but I have used the active. I have used uh, the activities overview on Plasma. On purpose or just know, by accident? Uh, on purpose because I was trying to turn Plasma into GNOME. Oh, okay. Which you know, Steve does a better job. Than also, me. get off my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I used Expose at work because we had to. Uh, uh, we used to have the calculator and the tax, uh, the taxes and whatever in Expose. We we need to do quickly. Uh, uh, I mean, I when you have on. lots and lots of windows open and you're using a floating window manager, that kind of workflow is actually a bit of a game changer. Especially, yeah. you know, if you're if you're not doing the proper thing where you're splitting windows into different virtual workspaces and everything. And and back then, and, and with Apple, just the gesture thing, you just do that and you get the expose and you can do your, your stuff quickly when the customer is right there in front of you waiting. <laughs> so... Uh, that helped a lot, but also in the uh, overview that you're going to be, be able to vertically stack workspaces, actual workspaces, vertically stack them in, or windows, vertically stack them, or you can have tiles of uh, of workspaces. Yeah, but they're not dynamic yet, are they? No, not yet. Okay. I, I hear all they're working these, on it. I hear all these features that they're adding for the next version of Plasma. I was like, oh, man, that's going to be no, great. No, wait, more, wait, more, wait, wait. More no, bugs. Wait. No, wait. Of course, there will be bugs. That's uh, that's inherent with every new feature. But starting next year, they're gonna release only two versions uh, every, uh, during uh, every year, and uh, during the in between time, they're gonna be squashing bugs. So we uh, they said expect more bugs to be squashed than ever before. I hope that's true because KDE's one of those things that you just want to love, but every time you use it, it just pisses all over uh, your they're face. They're slowing down on the uh, releases. They're slowing down on the releases, and they're going to be squashing more bugs and more bugs because they admitted that they have way more bugs than a project should have. Especially the fact that, you know how I praised, uh, I kept praising not, uh, uh, Dolphin for having this se uh, feature where it remembers sessions every time i open it it remembers where mm -hmm. i left off well that feature decided to break <laughs> in the latest kde <laughs> gear release it has to be something to do with some, an underlying technology because crusader apparently uses that same thing because it also broke in crusader for a little while it has been fixed in crusader thank goodness but yeah. but it hasn't been fixed but it, it has been fixed but it won't come to kde until kde gear to when you 
23.04.2. Yeah, I, th I think second. Crusader handles all that packaging on its own, so it's kind of separated out because it's not default. Yeah, but for um, KDE, it's it's until June 6th. It's coming on June 6th. But the the and and the maintainer said one thing at the end in the bug uh, in the bug report. It's not merged yet, and it's not for sure going to be merged. But there is a new version coming in KDE of Dolphin coming in KDE gear, in the new version of KDE on June sixth. The the fix might be there. It might not be there. So I'm like, KDE, mm, come on. Yeah, just download Crusader. You'll be happy. Um. Anyway, that, that that's uh, my news article. It's a simple one uh, because the next one, my second one, is the big one. Okay. Uh, um, because I, I, I have so little to say about it. But anyways, the um, my first one is that Microsoft has uh, is trying to seduce Firefox into ditching Google and switching to Bing. Um, now I support this change. Real money, money, money. Really? Yeah, you, I actually you, do. You think you think Bing is better than Google, or do you have other reasons? No, I honestly think that uh, Firefox has been monopolized by Google for too long. So it's it's nice to show that they're at least willing to talk to other people. So them switching to Bing is probably not a bad idea. Is not it allows Firefox to be a little bit more competitive with their prices and go like, hey, uh, we switched to Bing away from you, Google. You're going to pay us even more. <sighs> because uh, every time, every time, strategy. Every time that that uh, Google has renewed with Firefox, the amount has actually never changed, and it's, that is not how you run a business. Every time you renew, been, every time you go to renew contracts, the business is supposed to upcharge. Yes, yeah, it's been like four hundred million. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, Firefox. I honestly think that Fire. If uh, Microsoft is actually, if these talks are actually happening, and Microsoft is willing to pony up some money, money to Mozilla. Then yes, Mozilla should go with the change. But Bing is the wrong one. I mean, yeah, Bing is the wrong search engine, but at the same time, it's not that hard to change change the search engine in Firefox. In fact, it's easier than it is in Chrome. Yeah, I always change it to Circs anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, I think I understand your point. I think I I agree with you, you Josh. If if they can manage to get more money out of I'm it, I'm glad why the hell that somebody not? somebody on. What a host agrees with me on this well, podcast. I mean, cause, that never happens. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, what what does it matter? All of, all it matters is how much money they can possibly squeeze out of that rock until it, it dies. And if exactly. they can, if, if they can make Google, e even if they just kind of create a bidding war, like maybe they just sit there and like a, it's an eBay auction for Firefox. It just keeps going up and up and up. And you know, get as much money as they be. possibly can, or create like a, a Bing version of Firefox sponsored by Bing. You know. <laughs> yeah, and the, and then you know, uh, Mozilla making in more money. Uh, hopefully, they can uh, you know not pay their CEO like. Oh no, huge, he's as they're de that, that CEO is definitely getting a raise. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they'll they'll start about six other projects that have nothing to do with Firefox. Um, yep, guaranteed. probably. Um, <laughs> but. You know, Mozilla making more money means that Mozilla stays relevant for longer. So I'm, I'm fine with it. But speaking of search engines, I, I had to, I recently had to uh, force uh, DuckDuckGo because yep. Matt had a point. Uh, DuckDuckGo sucks. It's so bad. Days. 
It's just so it's bad. Just so bad. I, I, I even tested it by searching for uh, NVIDIA dash all TKG. Any search, other search engine puts the, uh, the correct search result way on top. DuckGo, sixth page. So here's the thing about DuckDuckGo is that it depends. The results for what you're searching for differ by person. So I, I, t I tweeted about this on Mastodon. Um, I, I posted something about DuckDuckGo being crap, and I posted the exact search term that I use. I don't remember what it is now. Someone else searched for the exact same thing with the exact phrase and had different search results than I had. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then it turned, so it, it, I was searching for how to do something, and it turns out if I had removed the how-to part of it, I'd get different results based on just having the how-to because that... Um, well, I cannot remember. Oh, two is a broad, it's a broad term, maybe for DuckDuckGo. Well, it, it kept bringing up Nvidia results when I was searching for. I don't remember what I was actually searching for. I apologize for that. But the you know, whatever it was, it was bringing up. It had two things that had the exact same name, and it was bringing up. Oh, it was Nano. It was um, it was bringing up the Nvidia Nano thing with the the single board computer. Um, and it was only doing that for me. For everybody else, it was bringing up actual Nano. I was I was looking for ways of you know configuring Nano, um, you know specific options and stuff like that. And, and um, it kept bringing up the wrong thing. So yeah, DuckDuckGo is horrible. But add on top of that, like there are a lot of bad searches out there. Search even half the time doesn't give me what I want. But I put up with search because I know that it's you know privacy focused and you can do a lot of tweaking in order to make the search results better. You know you can rank I, search results I just, better. I just went back to Google. Um, um, you know it's fine. But with with, with DuckDuckGo, not only is it bad, but it's like super fucking slow. Like it's been so slow lately. It's just like uh, sometimes it takes like takes like fifteen to twenty seconds for the page to load. And it's ridiculous. Not only that, try an image search. It filters. It, it has a, such a hardened filter that uh, I get like two, three pages. That's it. On Google, it tells you. It asks you on Google. It asks you, do you want uh, copyright free or all licenses or filter by license or whatever? Uh, uh, even if I, I tell it I want the uh, license free ones, I get hundreds and hundreds of pages. Why is DuckDuckGo so stupid and hard uh, to, to give to give me uh, <laughs> image results? I, I can't take an opinion because uh, I use Brave Search. Well, at least with at least with Brave, <laughs> they're using their own indexing, right? Yeah. So you're getting the benefit of knowing that you're not having to pull from Google anyways, or pulling from Bing, which DuckDuckGo doesn't do anything other than just pull from bing they have no indexing of their if own you want to use their own user agent that still that still identifies you so it's not really like privacy focused at all right, right, so it, it just exactly. offers you no benefits for crappier search results and the thing is like i've used bing before and i don't remember the search results being that bad i mean they're bad they're not as good as google but it just it seems like the, um DuckDuckGo paid bing for worse search results somehow it just it, it's it's it, yeah it, it's and weird. if yeah. you want a worse experience just try their browser on well nobody has no, macOS. I, I, it only exists on mac os but uh on mac os i uh and ios i use i i have i don't use uh, i have the DuckDuckGo browser uh, let's just say uh it's a clone of firefox it's, they use uh webkit of course because they're on apple but uh they just just use a search 
search index if uh, you're if it's even you're slower really it's even slower i mean the yeah but, is slow and but the search when, is slow but when it comes to uh you know like search results i don't care about performance i just want accurate results and that's actually why I after Google because Google ha- Google search results have gone way oh, downhill. They have got, the they have gotten years. worse. So the, the the thing about search results is that you can be there. There's that whole saying you can either have fast and good, but you can't do both at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. it, but the the problem with DuckDuckGo and several other ones is, is that it's neither fast nor good. You can't be just that's just bad you know it's just it's just bad at least when you use google it can be slow it can it, you know, it can be mediocre search results but it's fast right um or you can use like you know um you know you use bing or you can use brave search or whatever but you're getting you know mediocre results but at least it's fast you know it's it, you can't you can't be you can't just suck at everything and expect people to use you <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you why 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 i started using uh DuckDuckGo in the first place because Google detects your geolocation. And since I'm in Lebanon, it, it always gives me results in Arabic. Mm-hmm. I don't care for that language. I uh, want everything in English. Everything on the web, I want in English. So I, uh, I switched to DuckDuckGo because DuckDuckGo never gives me anything in Arabic. It doesn't detect my location. It gives me an option to search uh, by, uh, according to my location, but I disable that. It gives you the option to disable it. That's why I started using DuckDuckGo, but now, like, I will take your Arabic results, Google, please, because DuckDuckGo is, like, in the crapper. There needs to be uh, a I really divorced. good search. I, I divorced it. Brave has, I think, some potential to be good, uh, but I don't think it's there yet. Um, anyways. Yeah. Work, but it's-, no, it, it's fine, though, because I want to talk about uh, all your video games potentially breaking. Yeah. All right. Anyway, before we, we jump into uh, the video game stuff and Intel and stuff. We're going to go into move into the contact information. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. The best way to do so is head on over to the website, which is thelinuxcast.org. There you'll find previous episodes and all of my blog posts. I write a blog post every week, and you can read all of those there. Leave a comment. I'd love to have you leave a comment there because very few people leave comments. Because it, it turns out if you force people to have a GitHub account in order to make a comment, not a good idea, apparently. I really wish utterances would at least use GitLab, but it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast. You can subscribe to my channel at youtube.com slash linuxcast. Uh, Josh, you can find all of his contact information at tenleyj.com slash stalker. Steve is on YouTube at youtube.com slash at zero linux, zero with an X, not a Z. All of his other stuff will be available on the website, which you can find at linuxcast.org slash contact there you'll find all of the contact information i just said along with the discord server email address all that kind of stuff so uh the linkscast.org slash contact is where you can find most of that stuff if you don't want to just type in stuff you can go actually click on actual links so that's the contact information so um who who's going next once go next all right, I, so, I was first so i'll go next all right so you're, <laughs> do, you're doing the intel stuff right yep all right so uh, Intel pr- is pr- has pushed a proposal for a new x86 standard called x86-S, uh, which is 64-bit only. Uh, this is not reverse compat. This is not backwards compatible at all. This specification is just for x86, and because Intel is a chip maker, uh, they're probably going to be. They might actually just produce these chips because uh, we got the 2038 issue that is coming with 32-bit CPUs no matter what, which means that uh, after 2038, uh, your 32-bit applications, uh, otherwise known as your Steam games or Steam itself, at the, who knows, 
uh, might potentially just quit working entirely and seg vaulting almost immediately and potentially even taking down your whole system when you go to, go to attempt to launch them because, you know, compute errors. But uh, th- this is a thing that is probably going to be happening. And uh, at the, after, if this actually hap- comes to make a change, you can still virtualize 32-bit architectures. So uh, you would ha- so uh, you would have to play your video-, video games in a video machine, which then raises issues with anti-cheat. <laughs> so uh, game compatibility in Linux has been getting great these pe- these uh, years. Uh, so here in the future, when this comes out, uh, we get to see v- Linux once again not working with video games. <laughs> mm. well, uh, go forward, then go backward. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but honestly, thirty, you shouldn't be using a thirty-two-bit system any. Anyway, well, unless like it's games, a micro microcontroller of some kind. To be honest, these days uh, most games have a sixty-four bit binary. So, yeah, well, the, the game binary itself does, but the libraries that that binary is calling well, are oftentimes there's a reason bit. why you have to have uh, the multi-lib or whatever it is for Steam on Arch, right? The the thing is that that's going to be a Valve has done such a good job of getting Linux games to work or Windows games to work on Linux and stuff like that with compatibility layers and Proton and Wine and all this stuff, it feels like they're going to come up with some kind of emulation layer for this as well. I mean, I don't know the technical thing. Maybe it's not even possible, but it feels like... Because like, you can emulate you know, probably six, you know, 16-bit and stuff like that in games, on in emulators and stuff, right? So yep. in, theor- in, you know, in theory, you could do the same thing with 32-bit. Now, performance... The thing is, like, if, if your game is relying on 32-bit libraries completely, it's probably not, probably doesn't have super-duper anti-cheat attached to it. You wouldn't think, because most of those games are going to be pretty older, right? If your game is newer... Uh, not always. There are still vi- there are still video games coming out these days that are still 32-bit. Cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2077 being a prime example of it. That sounds like we need to have a talk with game developers, because it's it's time to move it's on. It's not folks. even the game developers that are responsible for it. It's the game engines that are, that are responsible for All it. All right. Epic, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is Epic always ruining go- our day? Yeah, Epic is literally ruining our day, uh, as well as Unity, and thankfully, Godot, I believe, is 64-bit only. <laughs> Great. The, 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 the one game engine that nobody wants to use. Um, okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised the drawdown from 32-bit has, has taken this long, to be honest with you. It feels like it's... It's just been dragging. It feels like we've been drawing down from thirty-two bit for at least ten years, and we're still yep. not one hundred percent there. Um, and I know I, I know a ton of people in the Linux community who are still running thirty-two bit operating systems, like a ton of people. It's kind of nuts how many people I know is still run. I know, they, they just don't want to. They just don't want to buy new hardware. Well, then so, I, uh, I, I, I keep I keep getting keep getting questions on the channel, like, hey, what's the best thirty-two bit you know distro out there? I was like. Well, I have to think about it for a minute because there's not that many left that uh, still. The default answer is Debian, unless you want to go Gen two. Well, De- Debian or anything based on Debian, because like a lot of like M- M- MX Linux still has it. Um, you know, there's there's I think Sparky yeah. still has one. So if if you're Arch you know, thirty two, Arch still has a thirty two bit ISO. Uh, not official. It's it's a community okay. project. Oh, okay. Well, that's they, that's, they that's where that's where thirty two issues with their GPG keys. That's where thirty two bit is going to go to die is with community distros. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, that's it for that that one. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell us about yours? You you you're, you seem very very excited about this um 
non-existent um, piece of crap um, hard. So much that was a pre-show topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Steve, yours. Uh, okay, there's there's uh, the Steam Deck has competition now, a real competition, danger zone, danger zone. It's called the ASUS ROG. Everybody calls it the Ally. It's got the ally. Uh, and uh, what I meant by competition, the same price range, the top end Steam Deck. It's $699, and boy, is it, does, does it have the specs. Paper, that is. Uh, it's got a AMD Ryzen Z1 Extreme processor with 16 gigabytes uh, uh, of RAM, DDR5 RAM, which is 6400 mega transfers per second, instead of the uh, six, I think uh, 6000 of the Steam Deck. Uh, but uh, the Steam Deck is still using DDR4, I think. On the DDR5, DDR5, uh, but it's slower. Uh, 512 gigabytes PCIe, and that's the only storage that you will get in, on the Ally. You don't have lower or higher. Uh, until uh, so far, but it has been tested, and I've been watching, following ETA Prime. It's uh, on YouTube, who whose sole purpose in life is doing different machines for emulation, and he actually uh, tested it. And the worst part of the Ally, the thing that brings it down in my mind, is the fact that it's running Windows, and in their uh, presentation keynote mentioned windows like 1.5 billion times well it's because microsoft uh, was a partner in its creation yeah they um, had to mention it the, part of the deal the but... verge reviewed it and they didn't seem impressed let me get to that point i was, yeah. uh, ETA uh, Prime I was excited review... too <laughs> i was excited and super hyped because i'm a steam deck owner and uh, i wanted to see uh, see competition for it for because competition is healthy it fell on its face. I because yeah. the steam because the Steam Deck does has a lot of optimization done here. They just on on this on the Ally they just slapped a a, a very technical uh, tweaking system that regular users are just not gonna use. Well, <laughs> Simply not gonna use. Put a non-optimized version of Windows on there, which is yeah. just I mean just Windows ten. Eleven. That's it. All they had to do was default it to Steam Big Picture mode, but the problem is that they don't want to limit people to, to Steam. They want you to. They I, want to. Yeah, it boots to the desktop. That's yeah. the weirdest part. Yeah, that and uh, they also need like Valve's permission to prepackage Steam. Yeah. Well, but here's here's the thing. ETA Prime flashed, uh, tried to flash, uh, Hollow ISO on it, make it uh, on par yeah. with the Steam Deck. It didn't work. Uh, uh, because the Hollow ISO hasn't been updated since November last year, so uh, he yeah. then tried Chimera OS. Yeah, Chimera OS. Okay, it works, but it cannot access the TDB settings, and there's a lot of broken things here and there. Uh, so this device, I think they made sure that Linux doesn't work very well on it because they're so heavily endorsed by Microsoft. Yeah, it just sucks. Um. Sucks. It brings it down. It's 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 not what it should be. It had potential. Okay, so potential. there's two ways of looking at this that I think. First, and this is the way you should look at it right now, is that 
Steam, the Valve is very fortunate that this thing came out and similar ones like this came out after the Steam Deck hit general availability. Because if this thing had come out, you know, 10 months ago when it was still kind of hard to get a Steam Deck, you know, this thing would have gained a lot more traction because people would have been, you know, out there searching for alternatives more because they would want something like the Steam Deck because they couldn't get a Steam Deck. Now, you can go buy a Steam Deck and have it delivered in the next few days, right? It's just available to you. Um, so it's, it, it, there, there's no, there's not that uh, fear of missing out thing that it would have experienced if uh, the Steam Deck was still pretty rare. But the the place where this kind of scares me, and we talked about this before when it comes to the Steam Deck, is that Valve is not known for doing very well with sequels. Um, when they come, you know... And well, the, they're, they're good at the initial sequel, but the one after doesn't exist. Well, no, no, no. Software games whatever fine when it comes to hardware at least they don't do sequels like the the index hasn't seen a sequel it's been available for at least five years uh the the steam uh controller never had a sequel the the well they also can't do anything with the steam controller because you know they got sued over it well whatever uh, well, i'm just saying immersion is suing the steam deck now immersion yeah, is, is, is yeah it's deck. the exact same company that sued them last time I think when it, when it comes wrong on that when it comes to hardware they don't do sequels well at all okay but one thing you can true. say about Windows hardware is that it's very plentiful and gets updated mm -hmm. a lot okay so this Asus ROG Ally will have a second version next year okay there's a good Assuming chance it's successful well even if it's even if it's moderately. If 10 people buy it, they'll make another one, okay? That's just the way Windows things work. They'll at least give it a second generation for sure. There's a good chance that we won't see a, a second version of the Steam Deck next year or the next year or the year after that, okay? Yeah. The big thing the that Steam concerns Deck, me the, the, with... The Steam Deck with... has a big community behind it. That's the, the biggest difference between that and the Steam Deck and the Windows stuff. They won't have a lot of communities behind them, but the Steam Deck has customizations, communities, and, and, and stuff like that. This, uh, the Ally, has the, the screen that the Steam Deck should have had. 120 hertz, 1080p screen. What were you saying, Well, he, here's the thing, is that this, is that I don't think that the Ally is going to affect the Steam Deck by any means, simply because of oh, how... Steam Deck is still number because, one. Because of the large momentum behind the Steam Deck. What mm -hmm. I'm concerned about is all the other uh, handheld computing devices. I'm talking about stuff like uh, the what is it the Ion Neo and then there's like four other ones. Yeah, these those companies are much smaller, and uh, they're they're the ones that are selling their devices for like a thousand plus dollars, whereas you know Asus can afford to well, you know not make as much of a margin and as they are. Asus is going to make other devices like this, and and that was my point was that th these companies and even the smaller ones are going to be able to iterate much faster than Valve is going to. So. You're right, Steve. The Valve and the Steam Deck have momentum right now, and they have the community behind them right now. But how long does that community... I mean, the Linux guys are going to stick around the Steam Deck for a very long time because they stick around on 32-bit for a very long time. But the people who came to Linux because of the Steam Deck are eventually going to be wowed by higher specs, uh, an OLED screen, a 120-hertz screen, you know, a, a higher-end processor, the ability to play a AAA game like a year and a half the, from the now. only time the only time the only time i see this thing being a, a, a real competitor to the steam deck is when because this will happen 
this will happen, and we all know that. Linux distro will come out, works 100% flawlessly. Mm. That uh, uh, Let's say the Holo ISO gets updated to support that thing. It becomes uh, identical to the Steam Deck with no issues and everything working out, no. of, the, uh, out of the box. And because ETA Prime in some games on Chimera OS got as high as 80 and 70 and 80 frames per second on 1080p medium. Well, it, okay, so two things there. First, I don't, I'm not worried about this version of the ROG Ally. This version here is never next going one. to, it, nice it's going to be the next one and the next one after that, or, or a similar version from another company or whatever. The ability to because iterate Steam, yeah, faster. Because the Steam Deck is going to be uh, the same for a long time. For a very long time. Yeah, that's what, that what worries me. But the other thing is, is that, and maybe this is Valve's, you know, pocket ace. They will eventually release SteamOS for other hardware. They've said that they're going to do it. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, eventually, they'll have an official Steam I the, ISO. Yeah. That's that's where the possibility of other hardware being interesting from a Steam and Valve perspective comes into play. But it hasn't happened yet, and you can't trust Valve to release anything in a reasonable amount of time i mean this, they're a very very small company you know compared to microsoft and and you know asus so you can there's a reason why they're still moving um it feels like the entire company is always focused on one thing and then when they get done with that one thing they move on to the next thing right they don't have you know you, individual know, what, teams. you know what else uh, makes the steam deck still uh, number one Serviceability of the of the Steam Deck. You can replace the the joysticks with Halifax joysticks. You can upgrade the 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 storage. You can do this. You can do that with the <laughs> Ally. You're locked down. You cannot do shit. Yeah. Speaking of upgrading the Steam Deck, hey, look at there. Transition. Uh, FX Technology has um, come out, or they're teasing a screen update for the Steam Deck, and it is. It's, now remember, nobody's really tried this yet, but it sounds like utter garbage. So first of all. Not even they're moving it to ten to nineteen twenty by ten twenty, nineteen twenty by twelve hundred, which is the upgraded screen that they're offering. But it's not higher resol it's not higher uh, refresh rate. It's not OLED, which I wasn't really expecting OLED anyways. But you, you would expect to have at least you know ninety hertz, you know, but it's still sixty hertz. And the the only other improvement seems that they're moving to a better color. Uh, range the 74 percent uh wrgb coverage versus the 45 percent they're at now so colors will be better so those are the two options so the way i look at this like first of all like steve said you can you can update or you can upgrade your steam deck that's really freaking cool but this particular upgrade doesn't seem to be doing anything worthwhile because oh, the way i look at it it's hard. also pretty involved well, yeah, it's going to be tech. Yeah, it's going to be. You're you're going to want to. I'm assuming there's going to probably be some soldering. I don't. Uh, no, you don't. You don't need solder or anything. But you do have to basically take the entire device apart. So there's no, there's like, nothing look, hardwired in the Steam Deck. Yeah, because, no, it's it's just connectors. Hmm. Uh, Valve actually has a video posting of them tearing apart a Steam Deck. Cool. But uh, the big thing is the biggest thing is that uh, you're is that uh, you're dealing with a bunch of ribbon cables that are really really delicate. Yeah. And uh, you have to well, disconnect be, them all. And, it'd be uh, similar to taking what, apart a phone. It, so, uh, yeah, it's but basically during assembly, the screen is the very first thing put into into the chassis. So as a result, it's going to be the very last thing you take out of the chassis. So it so realistically, I wouldn't say that th that you buy the screen as 
an upgrade, you buy it because you need a new screen. Well, and you know, I mean, it's $99. Why not pay for the upgrade? Well, it'd be nice if it was an actual, it felt like an upgrade to me. To me, like a higher resolution is not what I need on a, on a Steam Deck because it, it's such a small screen. So the pixels, I mean, who, who pixels? Yeah, the pic- I mean, it's just it, the Steam Deck is already is already what's referred to as pixel perfect or retina if you're from the Apple land. Yeah, it, what, what what people would want is a higher refresh rate, uh, OLED if you're gonna if you're gonna you know go that far. Those are the two two things that would make the 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 upgrade worth it to me. But also, no matter what kind of upgrade you're searching for, even if you're just going for the higher resolution like this is, it the Steam Deck's battery is already not great when you're using it. Right? It's you know you get three four hours maybe right this is going to cut that in half you know if you're lucky yeah you know it, it, so it, it just uh, i, I yeah, don't so I, you're just going to run a, you're going to run a lower display resolution anyway for the battery savings and honestly uh i agree with with uh uh a, a uh, googly googler in the chat where he's just like yeah he'd rather have a higher refresh rate, higher uh 120 hertz with variable refresh rate well it just and, it, you know i honestly i would too it just feels like the processes you'd have to go to upgrade uh, and the downside of the battery isn't a... The value that you're getting for those things isn't yeah, high enough Like for I this said, you're not buying enough. this for the sake of upgrading. You're just buying it because you need a replacement screen and you just don't feel like buying it for Valve. And, you know, I mean, it's some people are going to look at that higher, up, higher, higher thing and think that it's an upgrade, but I don't think that it's an upgrade. No. I mean, it's not necessarily an upgrade. It's just one of those things uh let's let's see what's the cost of a steam deck screen right now you can, uh, you can get an ifix it right so for, yeah i'm looking at ifix it because they are the official store for steam deck parts for the 512 gigabyte version of the screen it's 99 dollars. So it's yeah. the same price it's the same exact price but so if you had to replace your screen you might as well go with the higher uh, resolution one because yeah. it's the same price but if you're searching for if you're searching for this because you're expecting it to be an upgrade, it's not it's not the upgrade. That, if it had high if it had a higher refresh rate, it'd be awesome. More right? of a downgrade. It's more of a downgrade yeah. on the battery now, on the battery front. Yeah. Honestly, though, I have looked into like LCD screen production before, and it is actually kind of hard to find like a small screen like that that's actually good. That's not like smaller because uh typically typically. Uh, small screens that are that have like the ridiculously high refresh rates are phone sized and not exactly uh seven inches or tablet sized. Uh, the only one that really owns that market is Apple because iPads. Uh, other than that, well, you find really there's all only... the cheap ones in the fucking world. <laughs> Samsung is the only display manufacturer, really. I mean, LG's kind of gotten into it, but the uh, Samsung, if you want to source a, a display between the f- 5.9 and 8 inch display range has to come from yeah, Sam it has to come from Samsung and and they're so caught up when it comes to contract with Apple and doing their own stuff that I mean a small company is going to have a really hard time getting uh merchandise from them when it comes to this kind of stuff plus I'm sure I'm sure that there's the whole it's like uh licensing chipsets and stuff from Qualcomm or whatever you have to deal with all the licenses and uh patent shit and stuff so it, 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 it's, it's just another one of those things that you get to kind of go back to and think about man it's gonna it, feel, it feels like it's gonna be a really long time before we see a Steam Deck 2 because like, every single part here 
you know, they have to deal with the chipset and the, you know, the, the, the network stuff and all of the other stuff. It's not going to be the little piddly yeah. stuff that they're going to have a problem with. It's going to be the screen. It's going to be the network stuff. It's going to be but, the chipset. That's you know, gonna, when it comes to, um, when it comes to a device like this, I don't necessarily like what a yearly update anyway. I'd rather treat it like a game console where it's just like we get new game consoles every five to six years. So I'm fine with that. And in, for, in for all the, honesty, I'm fine with it. For the most part, I agree with you. But when you're in a new category that you basically created, the biggest way to fail is to allow your competitors to innovate faster than you can. Well, uh, Valve didn't even create this category. Well, rejuvenated this category. Let's put it that way. They didn't way. even rejuvenate it. Yeah, they did. Can Can I raise you the the uh, Nintendo Switch? Yeah, that's those. Are, I don't think the Nintendo Switch and the, and the 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 Steam Deck are comparable at all. Uh, when it comes to video game devices, I put them in the exact same category because I do not see the Steam Deck as a as a desktop computer. Yeah, I disagree with you because you can you can't the name of the number of AAA games you can play on the Steam Deck or, or on the on the on the Switch. Uh, how many Nintendo titles are there? Those aren't AAA titles, and we all know it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Mario, I, man. I, I would, I would put Super Smash Brothers as a AAA title. Okay, so that was okay. One, okay. Yeah, Smash okay. Brothers, right. uh, Mario, uh, Zelda. How about this? Call? Can you play Call of Duty, an actual Call of Duty, on there, or just a, a nerf version like you used to be able to? Uh, I believe the actual Call of Duty is on there. Is it? I mean, it's news yeah. to me because it may, must be new. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, that's it for us on this one. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I forgot something. Thingies of the week. I forgot thingies of the week. How could I possibly do that? <laughs> Let's move on to the thingies of the week. So the last section that we do every week on the podcast is where we we uh, find our... We call them picks. We could have called them picks. We ended up calling them thingies. So, uh, Josh, your thingy of the week. Uh, Obviously, you know, we... we Matt and I were mentioning it earlier here, uh, and I am known as an i3 hater. But, of course, my pick this week is Sway. <laughs> uh, which, you know, so, some people might be a little bit surprised by, but uh, I have fallen in love with uh, Sway as my newfound replacement for Cage, which uh, Cage Cage is a Wayland display mo- is a Wayland uh, compositor that is just a kiosk, and that's how I'm using Sway as a kiosk application and uh you know it's been super stable uh the load times are infinitely faster than cage because cage doesn't cage doesn't preload gtk or qt themes whatsoever but thankfully sway does and uh you know the configuration is actually in a file and not part of the shell command you have to call for for a cage uh it Am I picking it for desktop usage no because you know it's running my home theater computer which is over there can can we can I ask you a question? Is is how you were saying that word kiosk? Is that how you actually pronounce that? Or is, that's how I pronounce that. I always thought it was koisk, but <laughs> the fuck do I no, know? It's, ki- it's kiosk. Kiosk. Or kiosk. kiosk. That's how you were pro- kiosk. Ki- kiosk. <laughs> English is hard. Let's speak something. It's different. a fr- it's a French word. It's a French word. Yep. It's kiosk. We'll see. We should have just asked Steve. That the Americans took. <laughs> we steal everything, man, and we make it better. All right. Anyways, uh, Josh or Steve, your uh, thingy of the week. Thingy of the week I'm wearing right now. It's called the uh, Amazfit T-Rex Two smartwatch because uh, my Apple Watch died. Uh, natural death, natural causes. Don't worry. It's age. 
it's a it was a series two not a series seven or a series eight we're up to the eight and upcoming is nine so it's like six seven generations old what is your new uh, what is your new watch run what operating system ZepOS. so it's not android no it's ZepOS, and i made sure that it doesn't run android because android doesn't work with ios and i have an ios device so mm. I, I needed something that worked with ios uh, and uh, for 150 bucks uh retail uh this watch is beyond amazing it's got 25 uh 25 day battery life if you turn everything off like i do anything related to, to the heart rate uh, any any health related features gps and that has a dual band satellite connection i turned all that off i don't care for that all i needed is for push notifications and call id uh uh, so you can turn all that stuff off, and you don't have to charge a watch every single night. Last for fifty day, uh, for forty days. Uh, you would be a prime days. candidate for a hybrid smartwatch. One of ones that one of those ones that just do push notifications and tell the time. Yeah, so I know. Pebble. Uh, I wanted the Pebble watch. I couldn't yeah. find the Pebble watch. I only found one listing on eBay, and it was well, used. And, and I don't yeah. trust that those stuff. Well, the uh, the company of Pebble doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I know it's it was bought by Fitbit, then Fitbit was yep. bought by Google. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, you're ruining everything. Buy your, buy your uh, Pine sixty four watch and use that. Yeah, I want performance, <laughs> please. I don't want the, when I scroll, I have to wait five minutes for the thing to to show. But anyway, this watch is amazing, and the uh, the most important part for me was support for custom watch faces by the watch face community. It there's a separate app called AW. Maze uh, watch faces, the Maze Fit watches, uh, that gives me access to the entire uh, watch face uh, community and everything. I, I spent like three hours today uh, just playing around with watch faces. I found one that was purple, pink, the colors of Zero Linux. Didn't like it too much because it clashes with the black and red design of the watch. I stayed on black and red. Uh, and best part of this uh, of this thing is at uh, i don't have to charge uh, i don't have to charge it every every night and every two nights it's i don't know what it is i've never days, really dude. understood the the disinterest in just charging your watch overnight i just put my watch on the charger with my phone every night i don't want to wear we a don't watch have on. electricity here remember oh that's true uh, my whole thing is that uh, you know i'm used to like Having a watch and then never have to, and then never having to charge my watch because I don't, all the watches that I ever owned were right, either you, you, manual but, wind up. But, but you or, take your watch. Uh, no, you shut know, up. Just work for years at a time. <laughs> you take your watch off at night when you go to sleep, though, right? Or during the day now, right? You just take your watch off. You don't wear it while you go to sleep, do you? Not, no, not really. Okay, so what's the difference between taking it off and sitting it on your dresser, and then taking it off and just sitting on a charger? I mean, I mean. There's not a difference. I don't even wear a watch. So. Okay. so your argument is moved. No, all right, anyways. No, but, yeah. but uh, to suffice it to say that today, all, with all the playing, it was the 71% when I started playing with it, this, uh, when I got it this morning. It's 69% now. So how long until we get to zero time? <laughs> zero time in 40 days. But this is the first charge. I haven't okay. charged it since I got it. I'm going to let it drain for the first time and then charge it 
then from uh, th this is the first cycle you don't count it once it's mm -hmm. drained and you charge it for the first time then you start counting how, how long see i've had my watch on since i woke up this morning and i'm down to 82 percent total and i have everything what, what have, is your smartwatch i have the galaxy watch 4 the classic version um, okay it, that has a three-day battery life if i'm not mistaken too if i'm lucky but i charge it every night so i don't care i'm not gonna wear it to bed so i just it just i just set it on the wear it to bed. the whole the whole point for me buying this watch is because all the smart watches i had before like the apple watch series 2 and the pebble St time steel before that uh they were not salt water resistant uh they tell you four meters i need that when you're in lebanon and i travel i traveled to greece dude uh, i i in greece you go to the beach so mm -hmm. I needed to, to uh, something that I could forget on my wrist, take a shower, to the beach, go to the go, go to the pool without ever having to worry about taking it off. I like something to stick on my wrist forever. Weird. Okay. Um. I'm sure. I'm sure most people. Um, maybe I'm the weird one that just takes it off when I, you know, gonna get wet. I mean, <laughs> like I'm the, like, like I'm gonna take a shower. I'm not gonna take my watch in there. Wait, I'll be honest with you. If you have a plastic uh, uh, wristband, yeah, I would understand because it, it it tends to start to stink after a while. That's why the first thing I'm gonna do uh, next week is uh, go to Beirut with a, with my friends to have lunch, and we're gonna drop by a watch place and ask them if and they get have yourself a pro proper leather band. Leather, through that. Yeah, metal. Why not? Metal, metal. I, I mean, I guess metal or steel. Stainless uh, steel. That's I have, what I love. I have a fabric <laughs> band, actually. Uh, I prefer. Well, that. I mean, fabric uh, works too. It's it's just more comfortable than. I like something heavy, and this is too light on my wrist. I need something heavy. Yeah, I want to be metal. able to bash someone across the head with, in, you know, with my watch and just murder them. All right. Anyway, so my thingy of the week, just really simple. So everybody knows that I like to create themes for my window manager, and I've long since had a reputation for that. Uh, but no longer, I no longer have to do that because I, I didn't discover Pywall. I've known about Pywall for a long time, but I haven't used it in a while. And uh, I saw someone using Pywall. Uh, on the Discord with Hyperland, and when I went to w when I was trying Hyperland for that little while, I was like, well, maybe I just don't need to do a whole bunch of themes. I was just I'll just use Pywall to do my theming for me. Uh, I didn't end up sticking with Hyperland, but I did decide to install Pywall uh, with Qtile, and man, is it is is so good. Uh, I I had forgotten how good it actually is at creating a color scheme that works really really well. Uh, you just change your wallpaper and I, you know, created a script and it just, you know, every time I hit a key binding inside of Ranger, it changes the wallpaper, changes the Qtile theme, changes the terminal theme, changes the Firefox theme because it's, there's a Firefox plugin that you can use in order to have it take on the color. So it's really good. Now, the only downside is, is that it hasn't been updated in forever. So if you're one of those people who care that a project hasn't and, been and it's, <laughs> and it's still on the aur and not on mainline repository yeah i, I don't i don't care where it's, as long <laughs> as i can download it i don't mind um so if, if you care that it hasn't been updated in a while then you won't want to use it but i don't care because it still works just fine so um yeah i will definitely maybe it's feature complete maybe it's feature complete it could be it has a couple errors so there are some bugs that they could fix the the biggest <laughs> oh, issue yeah. is that the developer seems to have just gone completely awol uh no response to them or issues or anything but that's you know whatever someone else has forked it with a the ability to use more colors i haven't been able to get that to build yet so i'm it's, uh, it's called pywall 16 yeah color yep, yep. 
Uh, anyways, uh, that's it for this episode of Linux Cast. We record this live every Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We usually go for an hour and a half to close to two hours, but we did pretty good at, at constraining ourselves uh, this week. So, uh, Linux Cast, uh, youtube.com slash Linux Cast. If you want to watch this live, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell if you want to make sure you get all the notifications for when we do actually go live. I appreciate that. Um, you can uh, support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash LinuxCast. Thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon. You guys are all absolutely amazing. Without you, the channels would not be anywhere near where it is right now. So thank you so very, very much for your support. I truly do appreciate it. I know I have a couple of brand new uh, patrons that I haven't managed to uh, contact yet. I haven't uh, just gotten there yet. So uh, thanks to the new guys as well. Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, again, every Saturday, 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, uh, catch us live. Uh, we'll see you next week. Before, before we before we end i want to, to say one thing if uh, everybody on arch if you notice there's no updates uh, coming it's because they're merging repositories extra uh, i mean community will be merged with extra but and uh, and community will be empty and all the migration will end tomorrow at some point uh, whatever time go to the archlinux.org website to check out and so check you're out saying the right now that Right now is not a good time for me to install Arch Linux. You just installed Gentoo. I saw you do it. Yeah, yeah, but I, you can, I, but I installed Gentoo on that computer. <laughs> okay. Right. Anyway, if, if, <laughs> if you run an update and uh, and you notice that it's going way too quickly for some reason and you're getting no updates, that's fine. Thank you, Fasty. Uh, anyways, we'll see you next week.